in your uh, Bibles is from Colossians uh, chapter 4. I'm reading from verse 2 to verse 6. Could we have the actual reading first, Sarah? That would be great. Thank you. Thank you. Paul writes, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it as clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, make the most of every opportunity. But let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let's just pray together. Father, we thank you that um, when we gather, we can look at your words and read it together and just delve a bit deeper of what it may mean to us today. And we ask, Lord, that by your spirit, you would just show us this morning what you would want us to learn from this passage. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry the notices have been a bit longer over the past weeks, and um, it's because there is so much coming up in terms of mission, and uh, we want you to take those invitations and be praying about uh, the coming mission. And Easter's going to be really exciting as well, because we've got the play, Jesus My Boy, on again, another invitational event. And we've got the uh, gospel choir singing on Good Friday. And Chris Duffett, if you've never heard Chris Duffett speak, it is an amazing event in itself. And um, he's an evangelist and he's coming to be with us. And then Easter Sunday, we've got some baptisms. One definite so far and others thinking and praying. So there's so much excitement going on. And this morning, as part of our 24-7 prayer, I wanted to speak about personal evangelism. So um, I won't ask for a show of hands, but if you find personal evangelism slightly difficult, you know, you can just nod your head at me. Okay. Okay. Me too. If someone said to you that this week we had the Apostle Paul coming to do a seminar on personal evangelism, how many of you would you go? Nod your heads again. Well, he's going to teach us this morning from this passage about personal evangelism. Someone has said, I can't remember who it was, personal evangelism is not difficult. It is impossible without the help of the Holy Spirit. And Paul in this passage in Colossians does something here that he doesn't do anywhere else in his letters. He kind of gives us a masterclass Practical teaching on how to share good news. How to share the gospel with those who are not yet believers. Personal evangelism is the act of sharing good news with another person. If I was to say to you, have you ever told someone a piece of good news? 
we'd probably all go, yeah, all the time. And that's what personal evangelism is, sharing the good news with somebody else. Elsewhere in his letters, Paul defends the gospel, and you can read those letters. He describes the gospel. He teaches the gospel, the good news. But he never really gets practical about how we go about sharing the good news. And maybe, just maybe, he assumes it comes easily. Because Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. Now, this passage breaks up into two parts. Verses 2 to 4 is about speaking to God about people. And then verses 5 and 6 is speaking to people about God. So there's four steps, simple steps, in this masterclass on personal evangelism. Okay, the first step is, <laughs> if it's there, it's disappeared. Effective evangelism begins with persevering prayer. Before we start talking to people, oh, there we go. Before we start talking to people about God, we must start talking to God about people. Okay? Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thank you. That word devoted appears elsewhere in the New Testament, the same word in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, when all the disciples joined together, were constantly in prayer together. It's that word devoted. Acts chapter 2 verse 42, when that picture of the early church, they devoted themselves to various things, prayer. And Paul here brings prayer and praise together, being watchful and thank you. So continuing, being steadfast in prayer. Because if we want to see God move, if we want to see God at work in people's lives, it has to begin with talking to God about those people. There are, I've got a list of people that I would love to see become followers of Jesus. And some of them I've had opportunities to speak to about things. Others, it's just a a slow, slow, slow thing. But I am talking to God about them all the time. I'm asking that he might touch their lives, that he might do a work of his Holy Spirit. And we are to persevere in this. I've loved this 24 Uh, Seven week of prayer, just waking up in the night and knowing someone's praying. I know it's not me in the middle of the night, but someone's praying. And I would ask us to consider whether we can keep that going. One hour a week at least, all of us, keeping that going. Because I don't know if you found it this week, in my slots, the hour just went like that. It was just amazing. Thank you for all the helps that were given in the prayer room and, and through the internet and things. So please, let's continue to persevere in prayer. Like that parable that Jesus told of the persistent widow who just kept on knocking, kept on asking, kept on asking. Tony talked a few weeks ago, a really inspired message. If you've not heard it, go online about Daniel, who was a man who prayed and prayed and prayed until God came. 
I want us to be a church that prays and prays and prays until God comes. And praying as we're praying to look out for what God is doing in our friends' lives, in our families, in our community. And this week, as I was in one of my sessions of prayer, uh, I was reminded of uh, this story of the lady from Torquay. I don't know if you remember it, some of you, who rang me up. And uh, I didn't recognize the number. You know, these sales pitches, they're really crafty now, and they, they use kind of thing, numbers that you think are real and almost very similar to a code of your family. I've noticed that. Anyway, this code I didn't recognize, this number I didn't recognize. I was just on my way out to Long Latin. I was doing some sessions at the prison there, so I didn't answer it. I was in a hurry. And then I came back, and the number was still there. They'd rung again, and I thought, oh, this person is persistent. And then they rung back in the evening, and there was this delightful lady on the other end of the line who lived in Torquay, and she had been praying through the Baptist Union handbook. Now, this is a miracle in itself. The Baptist Union handbook is like a telephone directory of all the churches, Baptist churches in the country, with the list of all the ministers there. And she takes it upon herself to pray through that list, thousands of them, every year. And she said, when I came to pray for Chipping Camden Baptist Church, and when I came to pray for you all, the Holy Spirit fell on me. I was just filled with the Holy Spirit. And God said to me, I'm going to do amazing things in that church. Now, we can say, we've seen God do amazing things. But you know what? I don't think that was it. I don't think we have seen the amazing things that God wants to do among us. And so we need to pray into that. We need to say, God, this is what you've said. We believe it's from you. Who else would pray through the Baptist Union handbook? And we've had other words along the years that we've, we've kept in our hearts. God is going to do amazing things. And we have that text from Chronicles, don't we? Deep in our DNA as a church. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sins, then I will hear from heaven and will heal their land. And we're not praying just for the church to be full, the building to be full. We're praying for the community to be changed. For lives to be changed. Step one is to pray. Step two is to pray. Okay? How many of you pray for opportunities to share Jesus with people? I should have done the nodding thing again. (laughs) If you haven't, would you consider doing so? It has been my experience that the more I ask for opportunities to speak about Jesus, the more I get. And there are times when I've said to the Lord, Lord, I've got stuff to do. I don't really want any opportunities today, which sounds terrible. Because I know that if I ask for opportunities, he's going to give me opportunities. And we need to be doing that. Would you pray every day? Lord, today, would you give me an opportunity 
to say something, to be salt and light. Wherever I am, in your workplace, at home, whoever you're meeting with, just pray for an opportunity because God is the best one at opening up opportunities. I know sometimes as Christians we really annoy non-Christians and not yet Christians because we try and force the issue. You know, whatever we're talking about. You know, we try and force it in, get something in about Jesus. No, don't do that. It's not really helpful. You know, where do you live? I live down um, back ends. It's that small road. And by the way, Jesus talks about a narrow road and a wide road. And if you're not on the narrow road like back ends, then you might, you know. They just look at you as if you had gone completely mad. But when God gives you an opportunity, normally somebody says something to you like, why? What about? How come? Ask God for opportunities. Paul reminds us in this passage that he's in chains, literally as a prisoner under house arrest. And here he is asking people to pray that he will have opportunities. He doesn't ask people to pray. Will you pray that I'll get out of prison? Will you pray that the prison doors will open? He says, will you pray that I'll have opportunities? That God will open opportunities for me to speak about Jesus, even in prison. The irony is, if Paul promised to stop speaking about Jesus, he would have been released. It's the same with our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. If the Chinese church, all the pastors in China who are now being imprisoned, there is a huge clampdown on the church again in China. If they promised never to speak about Jesus, they would be free. All our brothers and sisters who live in Islamic countries, if they promised never to speak about Jesus, they would be free but they cannot stop. They cannot stop speaking about Jesus. I got into a discussion recently with someone who who found Jesus being the only way so difficult. I understand why people find that difficult. He says, what about all the Muslims, she said. And I just said, you know that right now, More Muslims are coming to faith in Christ than in any time in history. God is doing something incredible. No, I didn't know that. Talk to those who have come to faith from Muslim backgrounds. And they will tell you how Jesus is so important to them. Because in Jesus they found love. In Jesus they found forgiveness. In Jesus they found hope. In Jesus they found a freedom that is not available in any other faith or religion. Pray for opportunities. Ask for opportunities. Proclaim the mystery of Christ. And mystery doesn't mean that it's It's unknowable. It's mystery that it's just hidden from their eyes right now. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I speak about Jesus, I think think I'm making it worse. Have you ever had that experience? 
that you have an opportunity to speak about Jesus and then you leave thinking, I've made it worse. Because to say something like, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Sometimes doesn't go down well. Take heart, Kate. I saw you nodding. Take heart. Because Jesus was the same. He had encounters with people, and when he had finished having that encounter, some of them went away sad. Just think of the rich young ruler that he encountered, and he put his finger on the one thing that that guy needed to do. And it almost seemed like it set it all back. And when you experience that, when you've said something, and and you know you've spoken the truth, but it's not gone down well, and you think, "I've, I've mucked it up. Bring it to the Lord in prayer again and just say, Lord, you know. Who knows? It might be that one thing that comes back to that person. And they might start thinking about it and say, well, why? Who is this Jesus who says these things? Step three. Prayer. Ask God to help us speak clearly. Sometimes we don't know what to say. Ask God to help us to say the things that we need to say. We've been praying for Roger and Warren, Ace, Paul and Tom over this week of prayer. They're going to come and help us. I have the privilege of visiting other churches from time to time to speak. I can tell you for a fact, I know when that church has been praying for me before I come. I know when that church has been praying that whenever I will speak, that they will have ears to listen. You can tell it. And I want Roger and Paul and Warren to come and Tom to come knowing that they have been prayed for. That we're standing with them and saying, You are anointed by God for this moment and we're praying for you. And I tell you, they will know the difference. We might not all be called to preach. And we thank God for gifted people like those that are coming to help us and Chris Duffett at Easter. But we're all called to give an answer for our faith. Why we believe. So let's be asking God to help us. Don't know always what to say. But there's this encouraging word in the Bible that Jesus says that he will help us. The Holy Spirit will help us to speak when we're speaking up for Jesus. Final step. Speak. Isn't it interesting that When Paul talks about personal evangelism, first three are prayer before we get to speaking. Speak with wisdom, grace, and a pinch of salt. It's really good to build bridges with people. It remains true in every statistic that I know of that most people come to faith in Jesus Christ because of the witness and influence of a good friend or someone that they know and trust. 
It is rarer if someone comes to faith just out of the blue, meeting someone for the very first time. It does happen. It does happen, but normally it's through that bridge building, friendship building. Gaining trust to speak into people's lives. I know from experience that a direct assault on unbelief or atheism, etc., is not always the most successful approach. And even if you win an argument, you may lose the person. Let your words be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Salt makes things tastier. It does. Not too much salt, though. We're all, okay, health warning. But it makes things tasty and it stops things going bad. Paul Jones, who came to speak at uh, our church several years ago, remember him from Manfred Mann? Uh, if you read his testimony, he dates his conversion to a TV debate in which he argued over f- with faith about faith with Cliff Richard. Years and years ago. And he recalled feeling smug about humiliating Cliff by rubbishing his faith. But he says, I always remembered Cliff's gracious responses to all my point scoring. Let's not get involved in point scoring. Our privilege is to give a reason for our hope, our peace, our confidence, all in Jesus Christ. We're to be ready to give an answer, but with grace, with love. So all these mission events that are coming up, really excited. We're always on mission, I know that, but we've set aside this year as a deliberate year of mission. So many invitational events. We, we talk about having a culture of invitation. Because in, in some ways, that, that's an easier one, isn't it? You can invite somebody to something. You know, everyone likes getting invited to something. And we've got all these invitations. Please do make the most of them. And if you have prayed and brought the people that you're going to ask before the Lord, if you're asking God for opportunities, and if you're asking God just to give you the word to say, I believe he will do it. So let's trust God with this mission coming up as we're preparing in prayer and allow him to clothe us with his Holy Spirit. Because we want to see fruit. We want God to be honored and glorified. We want to see revival. If you want to get better at personal evangelism, this would be a great way to start. Jot it down in your journal. Shall we pray together? I'm going to ask the band to come back. We're going to sing, worship, and pray together. And we're going to have that sort of time of uh, prayer and praise where we cry out to God in song, but also in prayer. I invite you to stand if you'd like to. Let's just pray as we, we, we come together. I want you to bring to mind 
people who you love, who you know, who you work with, who you bump into regularly, that you would love for them to know something more about Jesus. If you can bring them to your mind now and just say to God, God, these are the people that I'm bringing before you today. We would love them to know you and for you to make yourself known to them. In the quietness of your heart, just name those people that you're praying for. Now let's just pray that God will give us opportunities, not just to speak to them, but to anyone who may be open where the Lord would lead us by his spirit. We don't want to just focus on a few. If God is at work in another person and he can use us in that situation, Lord, would you give us opportunities? To share the good news. The best news, the greatest news, that we are loved by Almighty God. He has a plan for our lives, a purpose for us to know Him. He wants to forgive us and give us new lives. He's preparing a new creation. It's on its way, it's begun, we're part of it. He's going to come again and make it all new. We pray for opportunities. And Lord, would you give us the words to say when we don't know what to say? Holy Spirit, would you enable us to speak? And when we speak, may it be full of your grace, wisdom, and that sprinkling of salt. And help us to be courageous and bold as we long to see revival, Lord. And we pray that you would start in us, Lord. Start in us. Let's persist in prayer, being watchful and thankful. And see what God will do for his glory. Amen. Let's worship together. Thanks, son.